Hi, everyone. Welcome to VLGA Connect and the weekly governance update. And gosh, I just had a look at the running sheet. We've got so much to talk about this week. So I'm going to ask Stephen Cooper to speak at about one and a half times his normal pace. Hi, Steve. Hi, Chris. How are you? <laughs> Very well. You're up to the challenge, I see. Welcome. Started early. Let's go. <laughs> So it, it is a big week. Uh, this is the week that uh, elections happen. Councillors go out of office on Saturday morning at 6am. I don't know why I'm sounding so excited about that. I, I imagine some of them probably are. I think some are. And props to all of the councillors across Victoria for the uh, contribution that they've made in the last term. Good luck to councillors and candidates in the, uh, in the election for Saturday. And for those that aren't restanding, and there's quite a number of them, as we've discussed, it's a time for reflection. I imagine a big sigh of relief, probably some second thoughts. I wonder how many of them are going to wake up Saturday morning and think, ah, oh, I wonder whether I should have gone around again. Well, it's too late. <laughs> it is. It's been too late for a while. But it begs that it's that obvious um, point too, though, Chris, about what's the legacy? And, um, you know, a lot of councillors will be really pleased with what they've achieved for their communities. And it's a really good starting point for the new council. What's your legacy going to be at the end of your four year term? Yeah, good question. I dare, if I can be provocative, I reckon many would be able to answer that question. I reckon there's a few that probably can't. And maybe if they're not standing in, that might be a good thing. Let's move on. You don't have to. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to comment on that. A little bit this week. You we, I have also picked up on a bit of scuttlebutt in the last few days, Steve. I don't know how many council meetings you've watched during the election period. If you've watched any, that's more than me because I haven't watched any. But I have heard that there's been a little bit of uh, testing of the line of uh, talking about legacy, mm. talking about what you've achieved uh, and perhaps straying into that space of using the council meeting for a bit of electioneering. Some councils have quite large audiences for their online meetings, don't they? So it, it is an issue. I think so, Chris. And, you know, we talked about this going through the election period policy that, you know, for councillors and officers moving into that election period, that really council business should be just that business that is absolutely required and certainly not business that ought reasonably be left to the new council. Um, agendas should be... Um, or reports should be written in a way that's minimalist and focuses on the issue at hand. And I know we've talked about this before, Chris, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And for me, one of the big issues about conduct during the election period is some people are going to be elected and they're going to need to trust their colleagues and, you know, trust those other candidates. And that really starts with the behaviour of all candidates during the election period. Does indeed. I want to talk about this weekend, Steve. So as we mentioned, councillors go out of office at 6am on Saturday. Saturday is election day. Now, in previous elections, you might have expected to start to see some results coming through over the weekend, looking at the VEC website, hitting refresh regularly. XCO mm. used to do that quite a lot to see what's, <laughs> what's going to happen. Um, I gather it's a bit of a different situation this year. We're hearing that, you know, in some council areas, the election managers are saying, voting won't actually start for a few days. In others, it, it might. So I guess there's a message there for being really clear about what's going to happen in your neck of the woods. Well, presumably, Chris, it's a two-step process. That, that Having voted, you now know, of course, what the election envelope looks like, that there is a declaration to say who you are that needs to be marked off the roll. And then the vote needs to be, the ballot in the envelope needs to be put to one side. And then all of the 
you know, the valid votes need to be counted. So I guess we're hearing there's a little bit of uncertainty as to when the actual count might start as opposed to the determination of the eligibility of votes. I would have yes. thought the key message for candidates is to make sure that you're clear with the election manager as to when you need your scrutineers on site. And that's why it's coming up, because scrutineers mm. are perhaps getting different messages from one council to the next. So I think the key message there is talk to the local election manager if you need to know how that's going to roll out. The commission has been very clear with us in the past that November 13 is the earliest you can expect in all likelihood for any results to be declared. So there's a couple of weeks of activity that need to happen. And Chris, another good reminder that perhaps if people uh, listen to the newsroom uh, with Catherine Hart, the rather excellent uh, show that you do every week, um, maybe there'll be an update to that information. Indeed. We'll take that Nothing as like a challenge and, and see if we can deliver. Nothing like a bit of cross-promotion either. Indeed. Uh, last week, I put you on the spot a little bit around uh, changes to uh, procurement policy requirements under the new Act. So I know you've done a little bit of homework. So let's just close the loop on that one. Yeah. Can I start closing the loop by saying, can you please not put me on the spot with um, unannounced questions in the future? <laughs> um, I'll try, but I can't guarantee it. Yeah, no, good on you. Um, yeah. So look, I think I had my head so far in this early tranche of changes. I hadn't actually got round to procurement, Chris, but... Um, some people will know that um, sections 108 and 109 of the 2020 Act deal with procurement. Um, I won't go into all the cut changes because the news for councils is that that doesn't come into effect until 1 July 2021 and councils will have to have a procurement policy um, adopted by 31 December 2021. So they've got some time. They don't have to review it annually anymore. They'll have to review it once in every four year term. And um, the thresholds that were in the previous Act aren't there. Um, the Act will be more um, prescriptive in terms of what the policy um, should um, cover. Yep. And there's a nifty little clause in Section 109 that says reports about procurement will need to uh, include the details of the exploration of collaboration arrangements with other councils and other um, government agencies during the procurement process. So some niceties in change. One other thing I should say, this is one of those many clauses, Chris, that refer to regulations. And at the moment, um, there are no regulations. There might not ever be regulations, but it's written in a way if there is a need to make regulations, they can be there. We can expect them to come later if that's the case, as we are expecting some regulations this week, I think, around governance and integrity and uh, planning and reporting, I think, are the two pieces of work we're expecting, aren't they? Uh, we are, yes. Uh, so let's park that, and no doubt we'll have an opportunity to talk about that as we move through the uh, the implementation phases. And we have Hannah Duncan-Jones coming up next week uh, to get an update on uh, implementation. Um, um, with Hannah, Chris, it won't be an update. It will be the update because that is indeed. a high level of authority. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good point. Now, a little segment that I like to call... Lessons from interstate. Um, we've had a few oh, things happen this happened. week. Yes, that we need to probably note in passing at the very least. So New South Wales, much happening there oh. around conflict of interest and turning a blind eye to things, perhaps some lessons that we should note. Oh, I, I, look, I don't think it's for I us. want to get political. No, it's not for us to prosecute the argument, Chris. I think I agree with you, though, that it's a really good thing to look outside your own sector and say, maybe there's some lessons we could learn here. And um, I thought there were a couple of big ones out of what's happened in the integrity uh, investigation in New South Wales. 
Um, yeah. One being that um, people's private business is their private business and that's absolutely their own affair. But the nanosecond that, uh, you know, for example, um, if, you're, if someone were in a relationship with a business colleague and they're making a decision about that business colleague, that would be a conflict of interest. And so people being alert to that is really important. I suppose the other one um, is the importance of not turning a blind eye. Um, because once you know something's happened, you can't unknow. And there's a whole lot of, um, of conduct issues for both the elected and for um, council staff in not disclosing information that they actually know about. My, my, um, my first reaction to hearing that comment about, oh, I don't want to hear about that, don't tell me about that, that's, that's a slippery slope all of its own, isn't it? Well, once you start there, where do you stop? Um, yeah. And why would... And again, it's not for us to comment on New South Wales and people can, and one of the real risks is rationalising behaviour that, oh, no, it's okay, I, I didn't really know. Well, you didn't really make inquiry either. Yeah, so yeah. we are holders of public office and that's a really important element of it. Indeed. And, and the other one was around uh, really paying over the odds for a piece of property for, well, I don't know, what was the purpose? Expediency. Um, I don't think we quite know the purpose, Chris, because there's an investigation going on and a suggestion of some sort of conflict of interest as well, which will um, which will take its course. Um, but I'm always guided by those people who quite rightly offer regular reminders that um, in spending council money, for example, we're spending public money. And um, yep. that requires a whole higher level of um, diligence. It reminds me too, Chris, um, that... All property transactions have, you know, processes attached to it, whether it's the sale or the purchase of property. Now, in a principles-based act, maybe the processes won't be so um, rigidly complied. But, you know, for example, under the 1989 Act, um, the Central Goldfields um, report made reference to a council that didn't get um, recent valuations prior to undertaking sale of council property. So that element's important. And you would imagine, too, in the purchase of property, that if there is a delegation for the CEO, for example, to go out and purchase a property, that the council in its oversight role ought to have some sense of what is, a, a, not, not just what is the reasonable valuation, but what is the basis upon which that valuation was formed. I think if nothing else, these uh, incidents give us the opportunity to just take a step back and say, how does that happen? Could that happen here? Yeah. Let's just take a look at our, uh, our, our, our management system to see whether the appropriate checks and balances are in place. Exactly. Delegation, not abrogation, Chris. Good one. All right. You've got, a catch, you've got something catchy for every oh. issue that I'm going to catch you out. You'll, you won't have one. Maybe you won't have one for this one. So I'm going to finish on just a plug for the Local Government Inspectorate's newsletter, which came out, I, I think, this week. Uh, I caught up with it this week. I think it only just came out. Some interesting um, material in there that I would recommend uh, to people, particularly around the current election integrity process, but picking up some of the discussion, Steve, a bit concerning that the level of complaints in this election cycle are already 40% above last time around. Yeah, that's, um, that's really telling, Chris. And that would say if there were 2,000 complaints last time around that will receive something like close to 3,000 by the end of this election, if there were yeah. 400 investigations last time, um, 
How are we going? 160. So <laughs> your maths going. Your maths, maths going pretty. My good. maths has gone completely haywire. <laughs> sort of close to 500. Uh, sorry, over 500 um, yes. formal investigations. Um, and again, the bigger issue, Chris, is what's going on that um, the conduct is causing this level of mistrust. And it really reinforces the importance for councils on doing not just the compliance work, but really um, serious ethical work with the new councillor groups is how they're going to conduct themselves. Because if some of the allegations that we're hearing translate into councillor behaviour, um, well, the inspector's going to be very busy after the election too. And I think a lot of it, uh, from what I'm hearing, is around toxic social media behaviour, which I think is a really sad indictment on where we find ourselves at the moment. And, I, you know, you see a lot of the stuff coming out of the States, the Trump sort of levels of behaviour and whether I hope people aren't taking their lead from those other jurisdictions. I really don't. Uh, look, I think um, I, I don't know where you start on that one, Chris, in terms of people just remembering that, in fact, we're communicating with fellow human beings and a level of decency is required. That's a good note to leave it on, Steve. Couldn't agree more. Thanks very yeah. much uh, for your insights, as always. Uh, we've got a public holiday coming up in Victoria. I'm not sure if you're aware. So yeah, have, a, have a nice long weekend. And you too, Chris. Thanks for that. Good to talk. And next week, it uh, will be interesting to see if we've got anything to, uh, to observe in terms of uh, elections now that, uh, well, by then, voting will have closed. Chris, we'll have Hannah Duncan-Jones on the panel next week. We'll have a whole lot of outcomes of elections. We're going to have lots to talk about. Excellent. Can't wait. Let's just fast <laughs> forward do. and do it now, if only we could. Thanks, Steve. See you Be soon. Bye. Steve Cooper from the VLGA with us on VLGA Connect and our weekly governance update. Thank you for joining us.